Have you heard the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? But that's what people do, right? We judge everything by outward appearances. In my experience, a great album cover can make or break the decision on whether I buy an album. So go on a journey with me as we look at some great album cover designs and talk about why I believe that you need a personal designer for your album artwork. This is Judged by the Cover. Welcome back to another episode of the Judged by the Cover podcast brought to you by JW Creates. Judged by the Cover is now a member of the Podnougat Network. Follow Podnougat on Facebook and Instagram or find us on the web at podnougatnetwork.com. The theme of today's episode is a little bit different than our past episodes. And actually, I need to give credit to my friend Brandon with Fleet by SSC for this idea. Brandon buys and sells vintage cars and trucks, and he suggested that we talk about cars on album covers. For me, this is like a dream come true. I get to talk about two of my most favorite things in the world, cars and album covers. So let's get to it. But as always, if you haven't already, please hit and like all the subscribe buttons. You know where they're at. And if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that is always very helpful for the show. Also, if you're viewing this on JW Notes, you can use the contact form below to tell me what you think of the podcast and make any recommendations for future episodes. One other announcement I'm going to make before uh, we get into it is to mark your calendars for September 8th of this year, 2023, because I will be releasing a very special episode of the Judge by the Cover podcast. Uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with my good friend A. Montalvo and discuss his new song, Brave the Storm, that comes out September 1st. And we talked about a lot of other awesome stuff, so you are not going to want to miss this episode. Again, that's one of the reasons why you should hit subscribe. Now, there were quite a few albums with automotive themes, but I was a little bit surprised that there wasn't more. Uh, I picked a a few of the most notable and a couple of my favorites, so we have a few of them to talk about today. Also, my near-miss segment this week is a little bit different, and just as a hint, it's concerning cars that met unfortunate ends. So, to get started... There was one album that I thought of almost immediately, and that's ZZ Top Eliminator. For me, this is the most memorable album cover with a car on it. But before we jump into the story behind the car and the album cover, let's take a minute to set the scene behind this album. Eliminator is the eighth studio album by the band ZZ Top. It was released March 23rd of 1983, and all four singles hit various charts uh, in the U.S. and around the world. This album would mark a pretty stark change in the overall sound for ZZ Top, moving away from that boogie blues rock sound they were known for to a more new wave style. The introduction of synths and drum machines were a shock to a lot of their older fans, but found them a new younger audience, especially with the help of MTV. Now, I know there's a lot of younger people, even people my age, that can't remember music actually being played on MTV, but... MTV played a huge role in the success of this album. Three songs off the album, Gimme All Your Loving, Sharp Dressed Man, and Legs, had very successful music videos and took ZZ Top from being that old fogey band to the new hot thing. It also helped that the songs and videos painted this picture that America was this land of rock and roll, cars, and girls. At the center of all this, and literally at the center of the album cover, is Billy Gibbons' dream car. The Eliminator, as it's called, which refers to a drag racing term, is a fully custom-built 1933 Ford Coupe. 
The car took about five years to build and reportedly cost about $50,000 in 1983, which in today's money is more like $151,000. Now, that is a ton of money. I don't care who you are. But Gibbons had a pretty good plan on how he was going to pay for it. They used the car as inspiration for the album cover, and it was one of the central figures in the three music videos that supported the album. It became a tax write-off because it was a work-related purchase. Some pretty smart thinking, Gibbons. As I already hinted, the Eliminator is the central figure of the album cover. The car was painted by the artist Tom Honeycutt, who had a long history of working for car and racing magazines and was a classic car comic book artist. That's a tongue twister. The Hot Rod is this amazing, bright, deep red color with these double Z graphics on the side in silver, yellow, and maroon. The graphic on the car influenced the graphics on the album cover. So at the top, we have ZZ Top as a maroon and yellow graphic. Think in the style of the stripes on the car. That is overlaid on top of this really cool night sky scene so you have the beam of the headlights of the car shining into the darkness of a starry night sky it's kind of got these dark mysterious vibes and you know for an album that's very upbeat and fun doesn't seem to match but but honestly i can see myself on a long road trip driving that night shift and being behind the wheel of this beautiful hot rod jamming out to the song sharp dressed man this car absolutely embodies this album and it wouldn't be the same without it on the cover or in the music videos the car is currently sitting in the rock and roll hall of fame in cleveland ohio and anytime that billy gibbons is in the area he stops by fires it up and takes it for a spin this car was built to be a driver and so i'm glad to hear that it gets driven every once in a while my biggest takeaway from this design is that it helps to have a captivating object to grab the attention of your audience. The Eliminator car became just as big a star as the band itself and perfectly embodied the feeling and attitude of this album. Remember what we said earlier, land of rock and roll cars and girls? This is one of the key pieces to it. Now, you may not have the budget to have a fully custom hot rod created for your album cover, but try to find that thing that embodies your sound, your attitude, or the subject of your album cover or song, and use that thing to captivate the attention of your audience. Because in today's world, you only have you know that split second to capture somebody's attention. And I tell you what, this car, this cover, it definitely grabs your attention. It's going to be hard to follow up the coolness of the car from the Eliminator album, but the next album we are going to discuss is easily more successful. Uh, and the cars kind of play this secondary character on the album cover. The second album cover we're going to discuss is Abbey Road by none other than The Beatles. Now, this cover is famous for a lot of reasons, which we will talk about some of those here in a second. But because of the popularity of this band, this white Volkswagen bug or Beetle also became very popular. Uh, I also had it on good authority that there was supposed to be some interesting history to this car, but let's see what I found out. Abbey Road is the 11th studio album by the Beatles and was released in America on October 1st, 1969. And uh, on a fun side note, the UK got this album five days earlier than the US did. I'm not even 100% sure why. Even though this is possibly one of the most iconic album covers of all time, I'm not going to jump into too many details behind the music because I want to get to the album cover. 
The cover was based on an idea of um, something that Paul McCartney had sketched out. Uh, and the photo was taken during a very rushed photo shoot outside EMI Studios on Abbey Road. Uh, at this time, Abbey Road wasn't a super busy street, but it was still an active street in Westminster. So at 11.35 in the morning, a policeman held up traffic while the photographer, Ian McMillan, I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name, was given only 10 minutes to get the shot. Reportedly, McMillan took six photos, and I believe they said that number five is the one that made the cover. If for some reason you have never seen this album cover, let me talk you through it. Picture you are standing in the middle of an intersection in any suburban neighborhood, um, and you are looking down the street. So you're going to have trees and buildings on either side. You'll probably have some people standing on the sidewalks, and you'll have cars parked along um, the sides of the street. The most prominent car in the shot is a Lotus White. That's the official color name, but it's a white Volkswagen Bug. And we're going to get to a few more details on it here in a second. In the crosswalk or zebra walk, as I've seen it referred to online, that must be a, um, a British term. Uh, <laughs> it's the four members of the Beatles. So they're walking across this, um, this crosswalk and they're going from left to right. They're evenly spaced and they're all stepping in unison. Three of them are wearing designer suits, and then you have George Harrison at the back of the group wearing an all-blue jean outfit. I will also note one small detail that Paul McCartney, he's the, the third member in this scene, and he's not wearing any shoes, which we'll get to more on that in a second. It's said that the direction that the group is walking is away from the studio, so I feel like there are a couple of meanings that could be behind this. Um, first is like, I feel like it could be like this, it's done moment. So it's like this image that captures them leaving the studio behind them. Um, but also, um, so we said that the album came out in 1969. The band did break up in 1970. So I'm wondering if there was already some plans for this breakup to happen. Um, and I'm wondering if this is kind of foreshadowing that it's over. Either way, it's a great shot great composition and like it doesn't even have to be said like this is a very iconic album cover one last note on the design before we move into the info on the white volkswagen bug this is the only uk beatles album sleeve to not show either the artist's name or album title on it the record company did not approve of this idea and they swore that the album would not sell but the creative director said we didn't need to write the band's name on the cover they were the most famous band in the world. <laughs> Talk about confidence in your design decision. Oh, to have that confidence. Let's work on that. So what about the white Volkswagen bug? Is it special? Did it belong to one of the Beatles? And why is it parked so terribly? <laughs> I mean, just look at it. It's like half in the road, half up on the sidewalk. Um, that last one's, you know, more joke than anything, but, but for real, who parked that thing? What we have is a Lotus White 1968 Volkswagen Bug. Now, there is also uh, this same car sitting in the VW Auto Stant Wolfsburg Museum in the UK. And according to the plaque next to the car, it's the same car from the 1969 Abbey Road album cover. It also states on the plaque that John Lennon owned said car. Though it might be true that John Lennon did own a similar car, the car from the photo was actually owned by a nearby resident, and luckily or 
unluckily, had his car parked in the wrong place at the right time. I say this because after the album was released, the license plate got stolen from this car repeatedly. And uh, also, this album cover became a very famous and constant reminder of his terrible parking job from the night before. What a lovely reminder. (laughs) Now, I was kind of bummed that I didn't really find anything exciting in the story of this car. But if you want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, there is possibly one piece of information about this car that could be kind of interesting. As the conspiracy goes, Paul McCartney supposedly died in a car crash in 1966 and was replaced with a lookalike. Fans of the Beatles claim that there are clues in songs and on multiple album covers that point to this being true. You know, it's one of those things like the band was forced to cover it up and they were trying to tell fans that Paul is dead. Two details on this cover that are supposed to point to this theory. Uh, first is the fact that Paul is not wearing any shoes. Also, there's a thing about the the different suits that the guys are wearing. Like one's supposed to be the priest, one's supposed to be the pallbearer, one's supposed to be the gravedigger. Um, I didn't really go into detail on all that because uh, I don't know that it really matters. But they did say that Paul being barefoot is supposed to be a sign of mourning in Sicily. Which to me is a little weird because like if Paul is supposed to be dead, why is he mourning? Um, Also, the conspiracy theorists point out that the license plate on the Volkswagen bug says 28IF. As in Paul would be 28 if he were alive. 28 if. But if you do the math, Paul would have actually been 27 at the time that this album was released. So uh, it, I can see what they are trying to say, but it's pretty uh, it's pretty weak. If you believe that the license plate is one of the pieces of evidence that proves your theory that Paul McCartney is actually dead and that the Beatles have been lying about it for decades, then it makes the car actually kind of cool. But if you don't, it's just a really unfortunate parking job. Volkswagen of Sweden actually had a little bit of fun mocking this parking job on the album cover and used it as a way to promote a new parking technology in 2019. A quote from the marketing director at Volkswagen Sweden says, Volkswagen continuously innovates to make the driving experience better and safer for drivers and pedestrians. We want to show how far our technology has come since that little parking mishap so that no one has to live with a constant reminder of their parking fail. (laughs) Um, They actually created like a a 12 inch vinyl sleeve that you could buy with this like um, fixed image of the car actually parked in the street and not up on the sidewalk. And and you could buy it. Um, They sold them online and all the proceeds went to help an organization called BRIS. That's B-R-I-S. Uh, which is a Swedish children's rights organization. Now, I didn't go and look and do any digging to see if you could still buy them, but uh, they were for sale at least for a little while. And if you ask me, that's one really fun way to get creative with your marketing. Next, if you were looking for great cars to grace your album cover, is there anything better than 70s muscle cars? The early 70s, in my opinion, was arguably the best era for American automotive design. Just look at like the 70 to 72 Chevy Camaros and Chevelles, the Dodge Chargers and the Plymouth Roadrunners from this time, and even the Ford Torinos, Mustang and Fairlanes. They're all pretty spectacular to look at, and they all usually have these big old V8 engines to make them roar. The next cover captures the greatness of a few of these machines. 
I've never heard of this band before doing my research on this topic, but the next car-focused album cover is the album In Search Of by Fu Manchu. What a name. Fu Manchu is a stoner rock band. That probably explains the name. Um, And they were formed in 1985 in Orange County, California. They have gone through a lot of lineup changes over the years, but it looks like Fu Manchu is still together to this day, although they don't currently have any shows or tour dates on their website. This album, In Search Of, came out in 1996 and was their first major label-supported album. I really only came across one review of this album by Eduardo Rivadavia. I hope I pronounced your name right. And I think it summed up all I needed to know about this band and this record. Um, It says, In Search Of is a very inconsistent affair, with only a few cuts such as Asphalt Rising, Strato Freak, and Sea Hag, really standing out of the pack. Simply put, one gets the impression that Fu Manchu doesn't try that hard, but then not every band wants to rule the world. (laughs) Um, Pretty harsh and honest review, and after listening to the album, I really don't have much more to add to it. I will say that I do love their style in terms of album cover themes, though, since there are multiple album covers in their discography that are automotive-related. In Search Of is easily my favorite of the bunch. Um, The image for the cover is a classic Ford versus Chevy drag race. On the left, you have a cherry red Ford Mustang. and On the right, we have a dark blue or it might be black Chevy Chevelle. Ahead of the cars, you have a woman that is like flagging the start of the race. And then the rest of the image, it's interesting because the sky looks to be full of shining stars that you would normally only see at night. But the rest of the image is like from a very sunny day. So I'm not sure what the significance of the the stars and has to do with this album. But the cars are, you know, those are the those are the main characters. That's uh, that's what makes this album cover cool. One of the reasons that old American hot rods perfectly depict this band is the fact that most American muscle cars from this period weren't super fast, at least when you compare it to today's standards. But they were almost always big. They were loud and proud. And to me, that sums up Fu Manchu. Now, that completes my top three choices for cars on covers. Uh, I have two more that we're going to be talking here in a sec in my Near Miss segment. But let me know what you think of these automotive-inspired album covers. Have I missed one of your favorites? Let me know by shooting me an email to info at jwcreates.com. It's time for Near Miss. do 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 Um... <laughs> I think I need to have some sort of theme music or something like that to announce this segment um, because it's always kind of like an awkward little handoff I've got here. But honestly, I haven't had any good ideas on what. So also, if you have any ideas, shoot that to me as well. Info at jwcreates.com. As is the theme of this episode, my near-miss segment is going to look a little bit different. Uh, I have two album covers that I'm going to discuss that are actually really well-done album covers. I really like these. And one of them, uh, I was you know, was kind of in the wings as one that I wanted to talk about in the future. But given our theme of cars on covers, I feel very sad for the fates of both of these cars on these covers. So today, these two albums have become my near-miss victims. First up is the album Woodstock by Portugal the Man. The album cover is simply a classic Rolls Royce that is on fire. Uh, And to quote an interview with the band, they said, It's a Reagan-era old money car. 
It's also not the engine or any of the mechanics that are on fire. It's the interior, which makes it seem like someone threw some gas in there, lit a match, and walked away like F it. Uh, (laughs) The image is so powerful that there's no other text um, other than in the bottom left-hand corner, we have the initials PTM. I think obviously for Portugal, the man. Uh, And then in the right-hand corner, there seems to be like a logo or icon. I'm assuming that's for like the record or production company. But other than that, we just have the poor old Rolls Royce that is, that's going up in flames. Thankfully, they did not stage this photo shoot. Uh, The image was actually taken by a photographer friend of the band. Josh Welsh was on vacation with his family in Los Angeles when they drove past this poor car on fire. He was quick enough to get a great candid shot of the ordeal. This album came out in 2017, and you know we know that that was after a very tumultuous election, uh, and the band felt that the image reflected their view on the state of political affairs that also inspired a lot of the songs on the album. One final little note, I did find uh, on the website of the photographer where you can buy this print for a cool $3,000. I was thinking, okay, maybe he's a real, you know, famous photographer. That's just what they ask. But most of his other prints are like three, four hundred dollars you know, somewhere in that range. So yeah, still a high-end photographer. He's got great shots. This is a great shot. But I guess when one of your photos goes on a pretty successful album, you can ask whatever you want if people want to buy prints of this photo. So again, I actually love just like the the whole album cover here. It just captures this like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, that was probably a, I don't even know in, you know, the terms of money back then, but like a 200,000 ish or more car. So yeah, just a very sad up in flames kind of photo. The second album cover um, that's going to be part of our near miss segment uh, is also a car that met its fiery end in the name of cover art. Now, this one actually was staged and set on fire, but it looks like the car wasn't in the best of shape at the time of this photo shoot. That album is Below Paradise by Tadashi. This shot is staged in a very rocky desert area. You've got kind of a mountain off in the distance, um, and then in the center is this flipped over car that is on fire. Next to the car, you have the artist sitting on the ground, leaning up against it. And I definitely get the vibes that this guy is literally between a rock and a hard place. This album came out after Tadashi lost his son. And the album is him processing through the struggles of that, but also just the pain, suffering, and the love of God. There is a really cool video where you get to see them setting everything up and staging the different shots for packaging and marketing for this album. And I'll make sure to link that in the show notes and also in the the liner notes on jwcreates.com. The reason why I'm sad about this car is that even though it's in pretty rough shape, it looks to me like this is a first-generation Oldsmobile Tornado. So it's like a 66 to 70. Um, and for those of you that may not know, this car is special because it was front-wheel drive um, when that was not common in American cars. And it had a big 400-horsepower V8 under the hood. To me, this is one of the most beautiful cars ever designed with its very long, low, wide stance. 
and it looks great from every angle. There's not a bad angle on this car, and you just you just don't see cars like this anymore. And even then, it was you know it was a very special car for that time. I will agree that this shot perfectly embodies the emotions of this album, but I have shed at least one tear um, for this once beautiful masterpiece of a car. So. With all of this being said, my only advice to those of you that are interested in having a car on your cover, if you're also going to include fire, make sure it's either a rust bucket that has no life yet, or pray that you get that once-in-a-lifetime shot of a car going up in flames. But please, don't just burn up cars to burn up cars to have them on your album cover. Coming from a car lover, please don't do this. <laughs> Oh man. So again, I know that there were a few different covers that we could have discussed. So if there's anything that I missed, if you're like, man, this is a great album cover, please let me know. Um, It could also become something that is a topic for future episodes. So drop me a recommendation at info at jwcrates.com. Or if you are viewing this on JW's notes, use the contact form below and let me know what album covers with cars or anything automotive theme or related to that um, you think we should talk about. So thanks for hanging out with me. This was another episode of the Judge by the Cover podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me and we will do this again very soon. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.